The exact exchange and nuance of phrase in this ritual is very important. Huh, are you kidding? Stick my tongue to that stupid pole that's dumb. That's because you know it'll stick. You're full of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah! Like double dog dare you! Now it was serious. A double dog dare. What else was left but a triple dare you? And finally, the coup de grace of all dares, the sinister triple really dog dare. Together, they've got Dartmouth covered. Now, go behind the stories and meet the people making news with Standard Times reporter Amy Chevaroli and Chronicle editor Phil Devitt. This is Dartmouth Digest. Phil Devitt here, editor of The Chronicle, coming to you from the newsroom. Welcome to Dartmouth Digest, available for free wherever you choose to get your podcasts. We are fortunate to be part of a growing network of podcasts here at South Coast Media Group. You can hear interviews, go behind the headlines, catch up on local and national sports, and a whole lot more. There are many ways to get there, but I have found the easiest way is to fire up Google and search for South Coast Today Omni. That's South Coast Today, O-M-N-Y. And that will bring you to the site that powers our podcasts, omni.fm and a list of the latest and greatest from all of us here. And if you like what you hear, as always, we encourage you to subscribe so you'll be notified anytime there's something new. If you're a fan of Podcast Roulette, you'll find a bunch of them embedded into some of the most popular stories at southcoasttoday.com and southcoasttoday.com slash chronicle. So you just heard a bit of one of the most famous scenes in holiday movie history when Flick on a dare, gets his tongue stuck to the flagpole outside his school. I'm talking, of course, about A Christmas Story, a movie set in the 40s that actually came out in 1983, if I'm right. That's 35 years ago, if you can believe it. You'll inevitably see this movie on TV sometime during the holiday season, and definitely during its 24-hour loop on Christmas Day. But there is another way you can see A Christmas Story, live and in Dartmouth. You may be asking, how? So A Christmas Story runs December 7th and 8th at Dartmouth High School on the 7th at 7 o'clock, and that show is sold out as of uh, our recording this. And then you have two other chances to see it on the 8th at 1 and 7 o'clock. And we are fortunate to be joined in studio today by two of the key players in this whole operation, uh, co-director Dennis Lawrence Jr. and... Dartmouth High School senior, yes, Captain Campbell, who uh, plays the narrator in this play. Uh, welcome, guys. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having us. Um, so, you know, we'll do this uh, sort of a free-form thing, but I, I figured, Kempton, you play an interesting role in this in, in that you. you are, uh, you know, sort of breaking the fourth wall. Right. You're the bridge between audience and, and the show. Um, and you and the rest of the cast have spent a good chunk of the season preparing Right. So how do you feel now that we're in the final week and it's almost showtime? I feel great. We've been working on this since about September, if not a little earlier. And so we've been practicing three times a week for maybe 12 hours. And so all of our cast is really we're ready to go and it's running smoothly. And I'm really excited for it. Here we go. Yeah. No turning back. Nope. And Dennis, what's 
it been like to watch this all come together it's been, this year? It's been an incredible journey to watch it unravel. I know that um, one of the things that I've enjoyed is, um, if you will, introducing the, the kids to 1938, mm. late 30s, early 40s, pre-World War II, and just um, watch them try to understand when you explain to them there was a world before social media, before podcasts, that when you wanted to listen to entertainment, you had to turn your radio on and, and use your imagination. And uh, that's been pretty exciting, sitting down and turning on our cell phones, if you will, today onto YouTube right. and listening to bits and pieces of old-time radio shows just so that they could get a feeling as to what it was like to, to, to live in the era when my grandparents uh, grew up and um, Kempton's grandparents, uh, great-grandparents grew up. Right, and they seem to have taken to it quite well. Yeah, I think the movie helps a lot because there's, there's something that you can visually see that takes you back to that moment in time, uh, total age of innocence, as, as I believe. And then um, it's such a holiday classic that everybody knows of the story and they, they know of the time and, and the era. But to say, yeah, this is what it was really like, and actually stop and say, well, um, this person was real, you know, and this character that we're talking about was an actual character. Right. And actually the characters that Kempton's playing, which is big Ralph, you know, little Ralphie grown up, is real because it's Gene Shepard, the, the person who wrote um, the short stories that sure. made up a Christmas story. So he's actually playing a, uh, a real life character who actually just passed away this year. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, yeah. Wow. And what's that been like for you? Not only playing, you know, a, a version of a, a real life guy, but but putting yourself, uh, as as Dennis said, back into that world of the the late '30s, which is so much different than the world we live in now. It's definitely interesting because you go through and you see all these different people, like I, I believe he was hinting towards Pierre Andre, which is Little Orphan Annie's radio announcer. And so uh, being able to talk about these people, it really takes you back and you really have to, to, to focus on that because we're in a world of this new digital age and technology and everything. Um, but, you know, it's also fun living up to this, as he said, it was a holiday classic. And I watch it every year because uh, it comes on and... Uh, during Christmas and it's on a rerun so I'll watch it every year uh, right. during Christmas and it, it, they're big shoes to fill definitely but since it's such a classic and iconic role I think it's really fun and I get to put my own sort of twist on it yeah well you know I, I had the pleasure of stopping by uh, last week uh, to see rehearsal in action and, and there I got to meet the both of you and uh, Kempton you were telling me that uh, in the play version of this uh, your uh, part of a, a radio broadcast right is right. that yeah. yeah so that's sort of how the narration comes into play yes yeah. it does um so i am part of a radio show whmu um and so as that i'm sort of a broadcaster and i am really portraying this story of one of my favorite christmases to the audience and that's sort of how we get the story across um between um you know actors and audience and you get to be on stage as well right. during these sort of iconic scenes unfolding, right? So, so even though you're, you're um, narrating it and talking about the past, you're still very much part of what's happening. Right, what, right. right yeah. So I'm not just a part of the radio uh, broadcast, whereas uh, that's a big part of it, but I'm also included in these scenes, so I get to have some inter level of interaction. Um, so it's also like me, uh, I really get to interact with the characters and bring that story to life. Right. So, so, Dennis, with a, with a show like this, obviously so many people know the movie and love the movie. When they, uh, is, is that 
a beneficial to you? And do you feel like, or do you feel added pressure because people come in with these expectations about what it's supposed to be? It's funny you should say that because when we began the rehearsal process after the auditions had taken place, we actually read the read-through and, and talked about it. What we did talk about, these are such iconic characters that are burned into the memory of, of people that they're coming and they're expecting to see these people. So we've paid close attention to authenticity, attention to detail, um, as far as the set is concerned, as far as uh, the car is concerned, right. the, the turkey, the, the shooting your eye on. Our BB guns are our 1938 Red Rider replicas. Um, which is kind of funny because we're sitting here talking about 1938, but I can't tell you how much we use 2018 technology to get all of these props and, and, and the like. And the, to, they're all out there. So we actually went to Daisy, and, and they still make the, the, the 38 Red Rider edition BB gun. So that's on, you know, on stage there. Yeah. And we, um, we've had your theater incorporated in New Bedford that stepped up to the plate. So when you come and you see our show... All of the furniture that's in our show is 1938, early 40 um, style. It's from that era. Right, that's great. Which is kind of exciting, too. We talked about that yesterday, is that you're sitting in a living room on a couch or a chair that someone sat in in 1938, mm -hmm. you know, and we have the, the full wall radio that they were sitting on this couch listening to this radio. And I, I just said, if the, if every piece of furniture has a has a story behind it from that from that era. So we have played co uh, close attention to um, uh, making it mirror the the, um, the motion picture, not the blocking because it's mm -hmm. totally different. And you talked earlier about the uh, the radio station. What we did is the so he bumps in and out of the future. Excuse, future 2018 and escapes back into the past and, get, and at that opportunity we see an incredible cast of young actors and actresses bring these characters to life then it goes back to him but then it leaves him and goes back to the 1940s because the music numbers that are in there are, are all from the 40s and they're in the style of uh, Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters Sure. so he, he's modern and then he steps away and then all of a sudden an on air sign comes on and then you're transported back to a live radio broadcast in the 1940s so they're performing to the audience and then after that he'll pop back in bring you back to reality and then throw you back into 1938 so he does a good job he's like That's the awesome. ghost walking around right, the yeah. set I mean he's talking he's opening the door and people are walking in they don't see him because he right. doesn't exist yet he has, he's that little boy with the glasses that hasn't grown up yet you know? That's awesome yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Do you feel like a ghost? Uh, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> In Waking Life? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, you talk about the level of authenticity in this. It's um, almost like you couldn't get more authentic. The only way you could get more authentic is if you, you hopped in a time machine and, and went to that era. Um, now, people are, of course, going to wonder about the leg lamp. We have that. The leg lamp made its debut yesterday. Ah. Um, it's very popular. Uh, but uh, I, don't know, I don't know if I told you this when we, we spoke over the weekend, but... Um, yeah. The, uh, that, too, is kind of exciting. So when you see the leg lamp and you see Flick's hat and Ralphie's hat and you see Randy's scarf, all of those things were actually bought from the gift shop at the Christmas Story 
uh, house, which is an actual museum in Indiana. And they just recently bought the Bumpus house, where the hounds come from, that destroyed the turkey, next door to it, and remodeled that for that 1938 era. So both of those are bed and breakfasts and yeah. open museums. So they, so we have, our leg lamp is from the same building that they filmed a Christmas story in. And yeah. it is the full 50-inch leg lamp that the father falls in love with and <laughs> Ralphie can't get enough of and the mother just wants to see go down in the basement. <laughs> right. Until something terrible happens Until to it, of course. Until something terrible happens to it. Uh, and in that regard, we, you know, of course, in the, the, the film, it, it, it breaks apart. So we have a few of these? or Yeah, we do. Yeah. It, is, uh, it does break apart. It was... For attention to detail, sometimes costs a lot of money, uh-huh. uh, and these were not these were not cheap. Uh, we, we treat them like gold, but there is one that is a part, and uh, yeah. So everything that you see in the movie, you will see there. The only thing that we didn't have the of doing the way they wrote it is um, the uh, the Bumpus hounds. You don't we don't have actual dogs in there, but you do hear them come in and and wreck the kitchen. And I think that's good enough, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Come on, and no cheap knockoff on the leg. It's the, as close you're going to get to the oh, real deal. Yeah. And the costumes too. I mean, as far as the the, the principal uh, characters, because and he's lucky because he can wear black pants and he he wears a gray sh- sweater, you know, cardigan. So right, he's in the studio talking. Yeah. You're like we're here, dressed comfortably. You know? Yeah. It's the others that are, and they're enjoying it, going back into that style too. Yeah. You know? Awesome. Um, I was just reading about the house actually, and it it. It surprised me to learn that they reconfigured the interior of the house to match the soundstage version, yep. so people wouldn't be disappointed when they showed up. Right. That's I think that place is worth a visit if you're a fan of a Christmas yeah. story. It sounds yeah. like it. The exterior yeah, and the exterior is the same, and they've kept the, the same color. We've also talked about. I, I'm a fanatic when it comes to this show. Yeah. So watching specials about it, it's actually on my Kindle. I, I'll even watch it during the summer. I'll put it on. Just and sometimes I don't even watch. It, I'll just listen to it because it re it performs like a story you can close your eyes and use your imagination and that holds i think the reason this show is so close to me is because growing up my my parents my dad exposed me to old-time radio shows and how you had to use your imagination and i still listen to them right now i'm hooked on which means not, i asked them they don't fibber mcgee and molly which is now an old if you youtube all of those radio radio shows are on there but yeah. getting back to the house we, we even talked about the history behind the crate um when the crate was constructed for the motion picture, it was too big to fit in the door. So they actually cut it. Now you're going to go back and look for this now. Yeah. When you go back and you look at it, the, um, the F on the, on the front of the crate is actually missing. And it actually says his end up instead of this end up uh. because they had to cut it. So <laughs> the, father, the father still reads it and still says, you know, fragile. But it, the F is missing from it. So there's a lot of history and little stories that I've been sharing with the cast as as we've been going along behind the, you know the motion picture itself. Sure, it a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too much sometimes. <laughs> well, what, Captain, what's been your favorite fact to learn about uh, the, the the show or or that era? Favorite fact? Um, I don't know. I think overall, it's just fun to, to um, just go back in the time period, like he was. He was talking about his attention to detail is immaculate. Right. Like just today we were talking about we need to get these newspapers and they can't have colored colored pictures in them. That's like that's the level of detail mm-hmm. that we pay attention to. Um, and so I don't know. I just think that being a character in the 1940s and like being able to travel back, I just 
overall, all of it is fun to fun to get across. Now, Dennis, we were talking the other day about um, this play and, and how I guess you wanted to do it for a little while. So, what made this the, the right time? And uh, no more than third time was a charm. Actually, fourth time. We've over the last three years, I've been trying to secure these. Uh, rights from the uh, the royalty company, Dramatic Publishing, sure. and we've been denied because there was this uh, resurgence, if you will. We know it always runs for 24 hours on TBS all day Christmas. And people will be eating Christmas dinner, and it's still on in the in the living room. Oh yeah, maybe only watching a couple of seconds of it or or something like that. But I, I'm sure you recall they did the, they did a musical version of this, and Fox last year had jumped on all the rights and actually broadcast it live. The musical on uh, on the Fox network, and uh, so what happens is if the company is touring, if the play is touring, or if the musical is touring, they restrict the area. So our area, this this part of New England, was restricted for the last uh, three years. So I figured I would try it again, and I knew I had such strong actors and actresses that could pull this off, and we got the email back saying congratulations. And I will tell you, and it was not. Um, it was not cheap because of the popular popular popularity of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's important for your listeners too. That the yeah. not to if I'm taking up too much time today. No, please. But I think you, you, your listeners should know that that the Dartmouth Theatre Company is, is we're self sufficient. We don't receive any funding from the school department at all. Um, so everything that we raise goes right into uh, right into the to the next next production. So that's why we. We like these the, this opportunity to sell out. We sold out three of our musical performances last year, and all three of our fall productions last year. So they're right. they're catching on. Thank God, because it it allows us to go into into the following year. And this this has not been a just to get the rights was not a cheap journey. So we're very happy that it's selling as well as it is. Yeah, we mentioned already that it sold out for the night of the seventh. And then there are two more performances on the 8th. Uh, so people should know when they fork over their money for a show like this, it goes right back into the program yeah. and, and, and funding these elaborate shows that are sometimes very pricey when it comes down to getting the rights to it. Um, it's kind of neat. I mean, it's kind of neat. I just wanted to throw something his way. Yeah. Kind of neat to watch him, and he, although he never really talks to him, but the interact. When I say him, is Kempton playing Big Ralph? Is watching him the the, the nonverbal and his emotions when he's interacting with his counterpart, which is the eight year old, nine year old uh, Ralphie. Because mm-hmm. there are scenes where he's standing at the end of the stairs and little Ralphie comes down the stairs and there before them and you can see in his eyes that, that there's this longingness to go back to this this time that this and, and it's, it's an he does an amazing amazing job and him and Robbie although they never speak to each other they work so well all, all well off of each other so he never talks to those yeah. folks but he's watching his mom he's watching his dad you know and his nonverbal is what you know why he has the role so. well that's great and I, I and you know I just thinking about that um, I, I think about what if I was in those shoes? Wouldn't we all like the opportunity to be able to do that? Right? Obviously, he's remembering a time in his life, but the act of physically walking into the space that was once such a, a part of your life is something I think a lot of people dream about. So that's what you're channeling there, right. I suppose. Yeah, he gets to go back, and 
it's just one of his favorite memories from his childhood. And I think, like you said, all of us would like to do that at one point. We all have a memory in our mind that we'd like to go back because that was like one of the greatest days. Um, and so he actually gets to do that. He gets to remember that and share it with people. How do you know when, and this might be a dumb question here because... There are never any dumb questions. Okay, good. How do you know when you're ready and it's ready for an audience? Do you know? Well, it, a light, we, we, we basically say a light turns on um, and something just clicks. And then you know you, you, you're ready for it. I think it's, um, we have had such incredible actors and actresses in this show. And I'm Shirley and I, um, who's my co-director. Um, right, Shirley Byers. Shirley Byers, yeah. Um, we have had such incredible young actors and high school actors. I can't even begin to tell you how... Um, heartwarming it is because I mean from the get go as soon as their lines were learned they're memorized their characters just took over and this last week has just been incredible so there's a difference between sitting down and getting bombarded with notes from me as, as a director sure. to sitting down after the rehearsal and there's only 10 notes you know what I mean but they've absorbed it all in, in, in their characters, and they've all, they've all talked about it. Leslie, who plays the mother, it was a whole unique world for her because she's a strong, independent uh, girl, uh, late, late young lady now, and being forced to play a mother in the 1940s it was, a, was a big difference for her, and she would always comment on that. So I would give her direction, like, now you go and you get the coffee pot, and you pour your husband a cup of coffee or now you go to the stove and you, you bring the kids and you bring your husband this so the way the times have changed and stuff like that it was an education for her but she embraced it and now when you see her I like to think she's a mom yeah. from 1940 I, you know just the, it, it, yeah. just so natural you know as, as far as that's concerned and then the, and, and the father too he's the typical dad where you get so wrapped up in your, your own life that you lose sight of your your kids and your children, and then he comes to the realization at the end that, yeah, you know, this Christmas wasn't Christmas isn't such a bad, bad thing after all. But uh, sure, the, yeah. you know, it's 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 awesome. Yeah. The last week, yesterday was tough. Saturday and Sunday was tough. Why is that? The whole set was put together um, Saturday. They're still working on it, and Sunday was uh, almost an eleven to twelve hour day. So the cast arrives at ten o'clock in the morning, and we do what's called a, a dry run. And the dry run is just moving all of the set pieces into place. Then we run the show, and the, the show runs longer because we, um, we have the, the lighting person who's programming all the lighting cues. Mm. So we go from cue to cue. So I think everybody got out of there. By the time we left the building last night, it was around 9.30. And the night before, through the thanks of the parents the, and, and the high school crew that are stepping up to the plate, we were Saturday we were in there from 7.30 in the morning, get picking up the furniture at your theater till 10 o'clock at night. Incredible. So it's an incredible dedication. And our cast and crew, we don't believe in, oh, I'm cast, oh, I'm crew. You're part of an ensemble. So our cast, when they're not on, they're working on, on sets so that they get an appreciation for the whole, the whole program and the whole aspect. And then right. go off and maybe major in theater, you know what I mean? So we have a yeah. lot of our kids that have left us that are at Emerson or at Rick, at Marymount, at uh, Boston College, majoring in, um, in the performing arts or music, so that's pretty cool. Is that part of your plan, Kempton, or um, you're gonna go a different road? 
Cool. I've been thinking about going a different road. Yeah. I'm definitely uh, doing clubs in college. It's certainly going to be a part of my life for a long time. Yeah. Now, now, you're in your fourth year at, at Dartmouth High. Have you been, in, I forget now, we talked, have you been involved with the theater program all four years? I have, yeah. Since yeah. I was a freshman. Uh, just theater's been something a part of my life. I started in sixth grade, and I've been doing it ever since, but I've been in every single show since my freshman year. And, and that's important to note, too. We should note that... Um, uh, the the show features uh, middle school students as well as high school students. So um, theater for a lot of Dartmouth kids is a, is a part of their life from a very early age. Yeah. Um, we do that on purpose. Yeah, um, talk about that. Not only within the Dartmouth school system, but and, and not to bring up. I, I am a co-founder of another organization called South Coast Children's Theater, and what we do is we reach out to children grades one through eight and do this, do the exactly the same thing that we're doing in the in the high school. And uh, actually, Kempton did a show for us in, in, in the Children's Theater. But what we're doing is we're taking middle school and elementary kids. We're introducing the performing arts. We're creating a feeder program um, within the Dartmouth school system. Um, Richard Blair, um, who, who has took over the middle school, has cre- created an awesome program. So now we're getting young, um, young actors and actresses. My hope is once they get bit, that and they are I guess we can say they are are. so they're leaving uh, eighth grade and joining um, the Dartmouth High Theater Company and we've also become part of school choice we have we have a lot of kids that have come from uh, Westport Uh primarily because of the theater program was one of the the jewels that not only the education but one of the the theater program was one of the jewels that attracted them so much so that they they've told us that the students that have come from Westport have told us that it was the program that they've seen over the last eight years that have made them want to to come to Dartmouth High School. I think I met one of them just the other day. You probably yeah. Did. yeah. I, I forget who now, but um, you know she she spoke highly of the the program and and as a key factor in why she wanted to come to Dartmouth. Yep. Which is great. So can you, you know, aside, aside from, you know, the obvious performance skills that students build, what do you see them get out of um, the program? Or what, have, what do you think you've gotten out of the program, Kempton, I could even ask? Tell them our logo, Kevin, our slogan. Yeah. And, Kevin, and just, Kempton, our slogan. You know what it is. Uh, so. so our slogan, as cheesy as it may be, but yep. it's we join as strangers. Um, we come we friends. become friends and we leave his family, family. and right. we certainly do leave his family because we now have people like he said going off to do theater and they come back and they tell us all about it and they come and um they come and help out with with tech and they come and just say hi yeah and i think that's important when they do come back because we invite our alumni back to come and talk to the kids in green room and i think every alumni that comes back the first words out of their mouth is these were the best times of my life and I miss this miss so much. And they, they give the kids the words of wisdom and saying, enjoy every single minute of the theater company because once it's gone, it, it's gone. Right. And that, that's pretty cool. And they keep in touch when they leave us. We have an alumni page just for theater kids. And the pictures that they post from their days when they were long, long before I was there. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. But we've created that continuation of... Of family, uh, you know, afterwards, and that's important because we take kids. You don't have to know how to play an instrument. You don't have to know how to hit or catch a ball. All you have to do is show an interest in wanting to be part of something bigger than you. 
and we're going to give you the opportunity to shine. We're going to give you the opportunity to escape the real world for two and a half hours and present a precious gift to an audience. And that gift is not only a top-notch production, but to allow that audience to escape for two and a half hours, whether they're not worrying whether they left the iron on at home mm. or did I remember to pay that bill. And the kids on the same time on the other side of the, of the boards are not worrying, do I have to study for that test tomorrow or... You know, is my room clean? And I think we allow both of them the opportunity to escape. And me, because, and Shirley, because we get to become every character. So that's that's why I enjoy doing what I do, and I escape. Yeah, yeah. I think you have no choice but to, right? Yeah, There's right. so much to do. Yeah. You They're just... all my kids. I mean, they really are. And I, I take great pleasure in, in, in calling, and Shirley does as well. We call them, we do, I guess, we call, we've always called you guys our kids. And we tell them that when, when they leave you, the program. And I think that's why that they know it's close that when they leave, we talk, we're a phone call away, we're a hug away because life out there is rough and kids go through a lot today. Oh, but definitely. We're, but we're there to listen and um, take you through it and make talent like Kempton blossom. You know. Well, I uh, having seen um, some of this, just a slice of it in action the other day. Um, I can't encourage people enough to buy a ticket and go see this show um, because, as you said, it's not just the, the the cast working really hard, but out in the hallways there, I saw people you know quietly painting and chipping away at the the tiniest little things that are going to go and be a part of that set and taking pride in it just as much as the lead actor would. I think they're, everyone's proud um, and feels responsible for what they're doing. Yeah, we do that with our parents. It, it, it's almost like a guilt trip with our parents. We, we guilt them into it. The, and the reason we Those do work. I mean, Julio Olympio it takes the spearhead and he does an incredible job. But one of the things we tell them when we have our parents at the parent meeting is this. is that This is it. We're asking you to come and help build sets and work alongside of your child. Because four years from now, this is gone. Life is going to change. And you won't have that, that opportunity. It actually even gets shorter when they get their licenses. So life changes for your child as a student and for you as a parent in, throughout high school. So if, if you have the opportunity to come and be part of the booster group or show up and paint a set and stuff like that, don't lose that opportunity because it just goes by so fast. I mean, I've watched him. I've known him since you were, would you say, sixth grade, maybe even before that, yeah. since he was a kid, you know, and you just it just goes by so so fast. So we tell the parents that. And, they, and they show up, and, and, and which, is, which is cool. His mom joined the booster group. She runs the, the, the tickets. Other moms and dads step up to the plate. But I don't think, I think it realizes, it hits home to the parents, especially after the fact. You know, it's like, where did, where did it go? And I'm so glad I had these, this opportunity. You can't get on the field and play football with a child when he's playing on a team. But this is a team uh, program and project where you can actually be working side by side with your, your, your child and and they do it's yeah. incredible yeah. And, and you have parents I'm sure who stick around after the in some cases right after we, the student leaves we have parents that work our sets that uh, never even had a child uh, yeah. in the program but have but um, you know, that have come to know the program and have offered to to help in the program and their their kids have graduated years ago not, maybe not even from from Dartmouth High School. But yeah, they, they see it. They see the, what it offers the the children at at uh, the Dartmouth High School Theater Company, and and they do that. We have people that came you know, for costumes when we did Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. 
Yeah, they all, they all come back, you know? Well, that speaks volumes, for yeah. sure. Um, uh, before we go, I, I was going to ask both of you if you have a uh, favorite moment um, or scene in the play. Uh, and if uh, if not, that's okay, because the whole thing's great, right? It is. But my, my favorite moment is Mrs. Mrs. Schwartz, um, oh, which is such yeah. a tiny little moment in time. But in the motion picture, you never met Mrs. Schwartz. You just heard the voice. Mm-hmm. But you, um, in in the play, you do meet Mrs. Schwartz, and it's that conversation for for old fudge, which actually does take place <laughs> mm. with the soap in the mouth. And yeah. Mrs. Schwartz's son was the one, even though he didn't, you know, he learned that word from his dad, but he blamed it on Schwartz, you know. Yeah. So that's, the, I think that's to me, that's my fit. They're, they're all good scenes, but I always laughs. I've, I've laughed ever since the rehearsal process. You laughed. Kind of, kind of screws up the, the actress that's trying to do it. She actually stops sometimes and, and yells at me. But, uh, but just that little little moment when you get to meet somebody that you never saw in in, in the in the movie. Yeah. That, that's, right. that's mine. Yeah. So. Awesome. Um, I think mine is the classic line. Oh, fragile. That must be Italian. You know, uh, <laughs> the dad Jackson Dempsey who's playing him. He really brings that that to life, and that's one of my favorite jokes because it's such a classic. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And you reminded me with the soap thing. I, I feel like anytime I watch that film, I, I feel like I feel the soap in my mouth when I'm watching. Here's our, our attention to detail. And you'll, I know you're going to come and see it. We've invited you to please. And, Thank um, you. Um, here's our attention to detail. The soap is designed. They are soap bar size Rice Krispie treats. And they're actually wrapped in um, fondant. Is that yeah, what they call fondant, it? Yeah. Fondant, yeah. Uh, to look like bars of, of soap. So that's the attention to, of Life Boy back then. And that's, that's our attention to detail. So they have that in their, in their, in their mouth. Ralphie does, and so does, so does wow. Schwartz. But I'm talking about just for our attention to detail, something as simple yeah. as that. Like the Christmas lights on the house. Yesterday they were unrolling the twinkly lights, and I said, what are you doing? And they're saying, I'm going to put these lights on the house. And, you can't put these lights on the house. They didn't exist. You know? So we went out and we bought the big bulb lights to do that attention to detail. So I think any grandparent that comes to see this, or some of my, my parents' age in their 70s, and um, the kids and parents that grew up, because this a Christmas story premiered in 1986 uh, in, as a motion picture. Mm-hmm. So anyone that's grown up with it, I don't think they're going to be disappointed at all. The flagpole scene is the flagpole scene, you know. Sure, and that's the one I saw the other yeah, day. The classroom and it scene was great. Is the classroom right. scene. You get to meet Red Rider in this. You never got to meet Red Rider, and he pops up. Uh, you know what I mean? So all the things that they talked about that they didn't include in the motion picture, they all come to life in the uh, in the play. Yeah, that's great. So you have all the humor and heart of the film, plus more. Yep. So even if you've you know this movie front to back and can recite every line with your eyes closed, you'll still find something uh, in it that you've never seen before. That's great. Uh, A half hour with you gentlemen has just flown by because it's so much fun talking about this show. And And I don't know when to be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) No, listen, this is the wrong room to be quiet in. So uh, we we thank you for that. Uh, Anything else you guys want to get across? No. No, No. Just encourage people to... I know you've said it a couple of times, and we're just not kidding. We, we, our our hall, our auditorium is small. Is, we yeah. only seat 500 people, and I know we use it as a scare tactic, but it's a reality. So that's why they 
they they sell and and this show is is proving to be just as popular as when we did Elf. They will, so, yeah. So it, Elf was last year, yeah, right? Yeah. Just so it, yeah. The, it's funny, but once with the press starts to roll out, the tickets just go off the shelf, and we posted today. Friday was sold out, so everybody's scrambling now. Here we go for Saturday afternoon, and yeah. I think coming into you today, there was sixty tickets left for Saturday. Friday just sold out. Yeah, today. Saturday afternoon, sixty tickets, and just a little under, which will go. Yeah, under 100. You can if you don't if you don't call up and order them, um, you can try will call because will call means to go up to the uh, the school and, and and see if there are tickets available. Because if they are, they will be sold at the door. But last year we turned people away, and it was it wasn't pretty. Yeah. So you know, so. it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Hottest ticket in town. Yeah, yeah, in town. Yeah. At least this it, weekend. It, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, so tell me if any of this information is wrong. If people are interested in tickets. Um, they can call the number, right, which is uh, 508-971-2258. And can they get tickets on the website, too? They can. Friday, the Friday, uh, the Friday choice is shut down. Yeah. Uh, the Saturday afternoon and the Saturday night is still open until they sell out and then they shut down. So that's dhstheaterco.com. Yeah. D-H-S-T-H-E-A-T-R-E-C-O.com. I think the website order is shut down on Friday, because what happens is the town notifies us, and we put the tickets aside. I see. So I want to think. I think it's Friday. It shuts down, so you can't order them because we don't have a way to 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 find out at that point in time. So the option, I think it's Friday afternoon. It shuts down. So the only other way to get them then is to to call. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, general admission twelve dollars for adults, ten dollars for students and seniors. Family four packs available for forty dollars. Uh, group rate package is uh, ten tickets for ten dollars each at a hundred total, and of course Dartmouth High is at five fifty five Bakerville Road in Dartmouth. So get down there this weekend because uh, this is uh, I think the the probably the perfect show to put everybody in the holiday spirit if they're not already in it, right? Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. We have uh, Dennis Lawrence Jr., the co-director uh, of A Christmas Story, along with Dartmouth High senior and narrator Kempton Campbell. We appreciate you coming in today and chatting with us. Thanks for having. Thank you so much.